Welcome to the Plus Podcast with Midwest Direct, a marketing and communications company focused on helping marketers develop engaging messages and interpret the results. We deliver over 2 million messages every day that land in mailboxes, inboxes, and show up in online advertising. When your campaign is over, we help our marketers understand their results and plan for future campaigns. We recorded these podcasts to support clients in all the avenues in marketing that you have to execute every day. Subscribe to our series now. Welcome to the Plus Podcast. My name is Dana Fowler, Internal Marketing Coordinator at Midwest Direct. In February of 2020, we hosted the CLE Nonprofit Summit here at Midwest Direct. We had a full house and live stream viewers. The goal was to introduce proven marketing strategies used by nonprofit organizations that are able to find more donors, use multiple channels to bring in donations, and find a way to get that done within a reasonable budget and effort. Because this event attracted more people than our facility could hold, we decided to share some of the sessions here on the podcast. A few months ago, our first share of the event was Omnichannel Fundraising Campaigns Made Easy with Erica Switzer, Digital Sales Manager. You can listen to that two-part event in episodes 17 and 18. Today, we are sharing another session from the event, How to Clone Your Best Donors with Marketing Attribution Tactics with Gary Seitz, VP of Data and Analytics. Just like the previous share from this event, we are breaking Gary's session into two parts. In this episode, Gary goes over how to find new donors using the profiles of current donors and why finding the right donors is so important. You can follow along with his PowerPoint presentation, which is linked below, or just stay tuned to listen. Before we jump in with Gary, host of the podcast and our strategic marketing director, Michelle Toivonen, gave a great introduction to what we can do for nonprofits at Midwest Direct as a whole. So without further ado, here's Michelle Tovenin to introduce Gary Seitz on how to clone your best donors with marketing attribution tactics. I get to say good morning to everyone. Um, thank you so much for coming out today. Just so you know, we have people in the room today. We also have viewers online. Thank you for coming out. I'm Michelle Toivonen. I'm Director of Strategic Marketing here at Midwest Direct. And I'd like to introduce a few of our speakers quickly. Um, Gary Seitz, raise your hand, please. Many of you probably already know Gary. Gary's VP of Data and Analytics. Um, A little bit about Midwest Direct. How many of you uh, have been here before? Just a quick raise of hand. A few, okay. Midwest Direct is an omni-channel marketing and communications company. We deliver about two million outbound messages every day, and those messages arrive in your mailbox, in your inbox, and online. Uh, And that's the point of today's conversation, is to make sure that you know how you can work with us in multiple channels. Um, You can combine, when we say omni-channel, you can combine through us directly, print and mail, informed delivery emails, online advertising through the Google Display Network, social media ads in Facebook and Instagram, online call tracking, social media matches to your existing list, and lead tracking. And we're gonna go through all of that today so you'll understand more in detail later. Another part of ours is this is exactly what you'll see on the dashboard because all of that information is great, but if you can't see it and you can't access it, 
uh, it's hard to manage your campaign. So we want to make sure it's easy for you to log in and see what's happening while your campaign's running. And we'll go into more detail about that today as well. And here's a little bit about how we do it. Many of you have done marketing for a while. And we all probably remember List Offering Creative, which was the old adage for years about how to do a good marketing campaign. Now we'd like to add in the channels matter, and it especially matters at a personal level, and in the analytics, and being able to understand all that data coming back at you later, and being able to parse down who came in where, and where they engaged. Sometimes they'll engage in one channel, and actually donate in another channel, or do a lot of channel. So it's part of our business model is to make sure that you get the ability to actually understand all this data you're generating throughout the campaign. And then what's in it for you when you're doing all of this work? Because these kinds of campaigns take some work. So we want to make sure you understand by the end of the day, more touch points really does mean more business. Many nonprofits really struggle to get a lot of work done all at once. So the whole point of this is to be able to take the campaign you've already built and add touch points to it easily and quickly to get more online looking, more online engagement. And we find that the print and mail actually drives people into your website so that they engage further with your brand. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Gary Seitz. Come on up, Gary. Did you know direct mail is consistently ranked by consumers as most trusted and most memorable? It's true. Direct mail has long been a trusted channel for marketing and communications. With the increasing popularity of integrated campaigns, Direct mail is making a strong comeback. Marketers realize that mail, now achieving as much as a 5% response rate, has some of the most efficient results and the best ROI. Direct Marketing News reports 79% of consumers respond to direct mail immediately. Coordinating your direct mail campaigns across multiple channels, including email or online advertising, may result in lift rates as high as 45%. Use our online dashboard and in-depth tracking systems to know exactly when your project has entered into the mail stream so you can efficiently manage support services and sales efforts. Thank you. Thank you everybody for coming. Welcome to all of our web viewers. I hope my wife is watching. <laughs> um, I'm one of those that when I go to a session, I want to make sure I come away with something. So I'm hoping that in the next, what do I have, three hours? Uh, that I'll give you some takeaways uh, of things you can do and how you can clone your best donors. I'm Gary Seitz. I am the vice president of C-Track, which is the data division of Midwest Direct. And I'll tell you one thing is, I love data. <laughs> and this is my hero, and he manages data the same way I do. I just love working with data. I'm also one of those that likes an interactive session, so if you have questions as we go, please ask. Uh, but I'm going to show you how you can find new donors that are similar to those that you have today. I went to a nonprofit session a couple of years ago, and, and this is how they 
preceded their whole presentation, they were talking about donors and they said that your bucket has a hole in it. Uh, you've got your new donors that you've acquired there at the top of your bucket, you've got your current donors, and then you have your donors that have ceased giving. And the issue is, is that donors are flowing out of your bucket faster than they're flowing in. And how is it that we can keep filling the bucket at the top because you really can't always plug the holes at the bottom of the bucket. So that's what we're going to take a look at. Now many nonprofits say, okay, when we have this issue, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go find ourselves some wealthy donors and take care of it. And the problem is you can't find those because all of you in the room are looking for the same ones in town. And it's the ones that are in the middle of the bucket, the current donors, the continuing donors, those are the ones that you want to try to find and we're going to help you find those types of donors. So uh, recent poll results about donors and giving says that 75% of those who give to charities listed their reason for doing so as we were asked. It wasn't necessarily a particular cause or charity that they wanted, but somebody simply asked them to make a donation. 42% of those who did not give to charities listed their reason for giving as nobody asked. You simply have to ask. So um, this is from uh, Giving USA. It's one of the largest organizations that tracks information regarding donations and charitable giving. Uh, this is their 2018, their 2019 numbers aren't available yet. They'll be later available like May or June. Uh, but what I was interested in is uh, where donations are coming from. Uh, from foundations, 18%, which was up 7% over the prior year. Bequests, which was unchanged. Corporations increased their donations by a little over 5%. And 68% coming from individuals, which is down about 1% from the prior year. So this is where donations are, are coming from. 68% of donations come from individuals. And what causes are they given to? Where are those dollars going? And the number one is religion. 29% of donations go to religious organizations or charities. Uh, followed by education, human services, foundations, and health. On the right-hand side, I've listed what's, what's happened compared to the prior year. In the case of foundations, donations have dropped almost 7% from the prior year, from 2017 to 2018. The increases are coming from international. When we see things like tsunamis or earthquakes, that sort of thing, where there, those, that giving is related to international affairs. Um, arts, culture, and humanities, like uh, the Playhouse Square, the museums, 3% to animals and environment, like the Animal Protective League in town here, uh, and 2% to individuals, which is really unchanged from the prior year. So I was really interested in finding out where dollars are going to. So the number of donors in the U.S. was highest in 2005, and it's declined considerably ever since. In fact, right now, uh, based 2018, 56% of Americans give to charity compared to 68% five years ago. So much the landscape has shifted in charitable giving. However, the good news is, is that charitable donor retention rates for reoccurring donors has increased to about 65%. Those donors giving again from year to year or even in month to month programs. Your print and mailing provider should save you time, trouble, and have a positive impact on your cost.
At Midwest Direct, we have the facility and team to get your mail projects out the door and to your clients quickly and with as few touches as possible. If your mailings have gotten too complicated or time-consuming to do in-house, it may be time to hand them off to a production facility like Midwest Direct. We can take your mailing from list through print, assembly, and off to the USPS all in one place. We are staffed with postal experts, so we ensure your mail is meeting postal specifications all along. Contact us today for help with your print and mail production. So this is the part now where I'm going to show you how to do this and what you need to do. And the way to start with this process of cloning your existing donors, obviously, is start with your most recent donors. And the most common question I get is, what do you consider recent? I prefer to work with one-year donors. However, the typical span is working with two-year donors. Don't like to go beyond that using three to five-year donors. Again, because of the changing landscape and the way people change their jobs, it's okay to solicit two-year past five-year donors, but when we're trying to clone who your existing donors are, we want to look at those that have made a donation within the last year or two. So you need to be able to extract those donors from your database as a start to look to begin to clone for new donors. Then you need to filter that group of donors. Either you can do it, or if you're somebody having, or somebody else is preparing your, your uh, analysis here, they can do some of the filtering for you. But here's what you want to do. You want to eliminate outliers from your target geography. If you're a Northeast Ohio charity, then you only want to deal with uh, zip codes, for example, 440, 441, 442 the Northeast Ohio area, and you want to eliminate donors that have either temporarily moved or were interested in your cause and they live in Connecticut or California, New York, Illinois, whatever, because they will skew the results that come out of attempting to clone who your current donors are. If you're a, a, a national organization, leave them all in there. That's fine. You want to eliminate some of the foreign Puerto Rico some of the territories and so on, but then you just simply want to focus on uh, the geographic footprint of where you're doing your, your uh, program, where you're doing your solicitations. So eliminate the outliers from that group. Eliminate the low-value donors, the one, two, three dollar type of donors. You may have a lot of five dollar donors and you want to keep them in there, or you may have just a few of the five dollar donors. If they're five dollar per contribution and a monthly basis, then you want to keep them in there. But you want to get rid of those low value donors because we don't want to include them in what we're going to build in cloning what our new donors need to look like or who we're going to prospect to. Eliminate non-typical donors. These might be employees that are in your donation file, volunteers that have given, um, some of your board members. Uh, should be eliminated because we're trying to create a universe of names of what we want to clone, who we want to go after. And those are more exceptions to the rule than they are the norm and the standard of who we want to target as a part of our program. So I'm going to show you some of this in a few minutes using a local charity um, and some of the different cloning tools that we used. Eliminate and consolidate duplicates. Part of this process is, is we're going to be adding data to your donors. 
And if you have multiple members of the same household, then we're going to be skewing the analysis and we're going to be putting more weight on that household because we've added the same information to two or three individuals within the household that have given to your charity. So either you or the company you're working with needs to either eliminate or consolidate those donors into a single address record, not for your, your solicitation purposes or your annual campaigns, but simply for building this cloning model that we're gonna be looking at in a few minutes. So we'll eliminate those duplicates. So then you wanna utilize a hygiene process. Um, a lot of you will take your databases and you'll send them to a print or mail shop. You may have an in-house process to do that. You may be working with the company online. But the two things that you want to do is you want to run CAS. That's a post office term. Simply what it does is it validates the addresses on your database. It makes sure that that street name and that zip code and that pre-directional and post-directional and that house number all exist. And it puts those extra four digits onto your zip code. It's called the zip plus four code. That's as a result of CAS. So you want to run CAS and you want to get as many records as possible that have a ZIP plus four code on them. Because when you go into the process of building this cloning model, it only looks at records that have a ZIP plus four. So if you can't put a ZIP plus four on a record, you need to fix it. I worked with a company just yesterday and they said, how do we fix them? Go to whitepages.com. Key in the name and it'll help you find the address. There's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of companies that offer these services. But you want to go out and you want to attempt to fix those addresses. A, because it's going to improve the way that you communicate to them when you do your direct mail. And B, it's going to help in this cloning process that we're talking about. Because we can only look at records with a zip plus four. The other thing is NCOA, National Change of Address. That's the file of individuals, families, and businesses that have moved within the last eight, there's two versions. There's an 18-month version and a 48-month version. So anybody that goes to the post office and files a change of address notice matches to the NCOA and will apply the new address to your database. And you wanna make sure that you get those and you also key those into your database. Now, the same rule applies for NCOA as it does for this process of modeling that we're going to talk about. You have to have a zip plus four on your record. If you don't have a zip plus four, the post office won't allow service companies to match them to the NCOA database. Cloning requires a clean database. Uh, zip plus four is the key word here, making sure that you have that. So how do we find them? We find them through a process called profiles or profiling. And I'm gonna go through that whole process and share some results with you. It helps you better understand who your current donors are, and we'll look at some of those. It helps you understand what their interests are so that you can speak to them, helps you find more of them, shows you where they are, and suggests how you can communicate with them. hope you enjoyed this first part of Gary's session from the CLE Nonprofit Summit. Next week, Gary will explain the knowledge and data behind creating or finding a customer profile and what to do once you find those donors. That is very important and valuable information that you do not want to miss. So make sure you subscribe to the Plus Podcast so you don't miss our next episode. But if you can't wait until the next episode, feel free to give us a call at one 800 686 
888-888-6666 or email us at marketing at mw-doc.com. Or you can check out the full videos from the events on our YouTube page. Thanks for listening. Achieve all your marketing goals with Midwest Direct. Contact us at mw-direct.com or call us at 1-800-686-6666 and get started today. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel now. You don't want to miss any of our fun upcoming announcements.